0: This last couple of weeks I've been recapping but adding value to, adding more insight and teaching to a series that we did last year called Just Walk Across the Room. And the basic thing that we're trying to to teach and to tell one another and encourage one another is to share your faith, share your faith. Now for far too long this has been the, the preserve or the realm of those extrovert, chatty people among us. It's, it's been the realm of those who, who, who have an outgoing uh, personality. But last week, if you were here, and if you didn't hear the message, I, I beg you to listen to it. I really said, you know, folks, we cannot, we cannot duck the commission that Jesus m- gave us in, in asking, in telling us, to share our faith, to make disciples of all nations. And I I talked a little bit about the spirit of fear and how that assails all of us, and how we can deal with that, and how God has not given us a spirit of fear. Uh, We've also uh, uh, felt that that God was saying to us that we 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 should just make sure that whatever we do, that Jesus is at the very center. You know, we are in an exciting time when there's all sorts of opportunities and it's very easy to get kind of uh, a bit distracted by these things. But we are determined as a church to make Jesus the main thing and the plain thing. And if Jesus is at the very centre of all we do, we will continue to know health. And if Jesus is at the very centre of what we do, well then we, we need to share him. It's a case of, you know... Uh, asking ourselves that, you know, well, let me ask you a question instead of asking ourselves. How many of you have ever said to a friend, your spouse, something along the lines of, why didn't you tell me? Anybody done that? (laughs) Fliss and I often have these why didn't you tell me conversations. Our calendars are synced. And and I don't know why, but sometimes my calendar seems to drop out some important things. Of course, it's always Fliss's fault, but... uh, Oh, I got away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but our calendars think But sometimes I don't see these things and she'll come home and say, well you know we're going out in 20 minutes. And I say, why didn't you tell me? Now it seems to be part of modern life that we seem to cram stuff in. But there are certain key things that we have to tell one another. And as followers of Jesus, we are, we are charged with telling others of Christ. You know, one thing we do not want to hear as someone is, you know, leave the throne of God, leave that mercy seat, having been condemned to eternity in hell. We don't want to have them throw over their shoulder to to you standing there because you knew them and you were family and you were friends. As they are taken away to an eternity without Christ, I am haunted that they might look over their shoulder and look at me and say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? God forbid. That kind of thing keeps me awake at night. I kid you not. And it's not about introvert, extrovert. You know, great talk on the GLS about introverts, said it already. It's about us just telling one, just just sharing that which we have so that others can make a decision. And if they don't want to know, that's fine. It's It's not down to you, it's down to them. And I want to just spend a few moments now giving you some. And I said I would do this. Some very practical uh, little pointers as to how you can be part of a church that shares its faith. So let's start then. Let's just turn uh, to. Um, let's just turn to John's Gospel, and uh, let's turn. I'm trying to find my notes here. I'm trying to catch up. Time. Uh, John chapter one, verse thirty-five to forty-six. John chapter 1, verses 35 to 46. And this is fascinating, this story. It's right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry when things are very fluid and and, people don't know him yet. He's not got great crowds following him. He's not riding on donkeys into Jerusalem. He hasn't ticked off the scribes and Pharisees yet. It's right at the beginning. But what I want you to note here is just how this great movement that we are now involved in And make no bones about it. The fastest growing religion in the world is not Islam. It's Christianity. We have never seen such growth worldwide as we are now experiencing. We have never seen such persecution as we're now experiencing too. There's pushback. But this extraordinary, God-driven phenomenon we call the Church of Jesus Christ is growing at an unprecedented rate. But how did it start? Did it start with an ad campaign on Madison, devised in Madison Avenue with hundreds of hours of TV viewing with with, group mail shots coming through the... No, this is how it started. Let's just read this. John chapter 1 verse 35 following says here, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. John was Jesus' cousin. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. He saw in Jesus something very special. And he said to his friend, to, to some couple of disciples standing there, a couple of his disciples, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus Turning round, Jesus saw them following and said, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? In other words, can we come and hang out with you for a little while? And he said, come and you'll see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, uh, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter, it means a rock, more of that another day. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip, another character now on the scene, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of said they, they kind of knew each other. They probably grew up one another. They probably kicked a stone around in the street, you know. So they're a little gang of friends who are now hanging out with Jesus. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, bit of banter here. Nazareth says Nathaniel. can anything good come from there and Philip said to him come and see Philip didn't at that point some may have been able to but he didn't feel or wasn't able to Philip didn't sit him down and say, okay, well, let's open up the scriptures because actually Nazareth really does feature very seriously in the history and the lineage of where the, where the Messiah is going to come from. Let me teach you about this. I've got lots of answers to that question. He didn't answer that question. What he said was, well, come and see. You see, we don't have to have all the answers when sharing our faith, but we do need to point the way to the one who is the answer. You know, that's why I love this this Alpha thing. Have we got that little screen again? Thanks, Matt, that little publicity screen for Alpha. You know, this has been running, not even in the background, sort of just left of center for years now, and we have seen literally hundreds of people, I kid you not, come along to, uh, to Alpha. People who've got questions, people who've got life experiences that, that, that were not positive. Maybe, and I, I wondered about this actually when, when Richard was just doing the notices. You know, with, this morning we've witnessed this wonderful event where the families come along and they've dedicated Little Joyce Samara. Maybe that wasn't your experience, it wasn't my experience. I wasn't raised in a Christian family. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, "Oh, that's why I have all this hassle in my life because you know I, I wasn't dedicated and all that kind of thing, and I'm being baptized, and oh, there's no hope for me." Hey, forget that. Those are just lies of the enemy. Forget all of that. The truth of the matter is that you can come to Jesus at any time of your life, whatever your age is. As I said, we, I think the oldest person we baptized was in their late sixties last December. At any time is a good time to come to Jesus and ask him to forgive your sin and to fill you with his spirit to begin a new life and walk out of this, the son and a daughter. So let me say to you at this point, uh, uh, sort of to lend weight behind what Richard said, if, if you have some questions, if you want, if, or if you know someone who has questions and you're, you're struggling to, to supply all the answers, why don't you say to them what Philip said to Nathaniel? Come and see. Make up your own mind. Come and see. So, anyway, last week I said, what holds us back too often is this spirit of fear. And let me just put that little one, that 2 Timothy verse up again, please, Matt. Thank you. Please know this God did not give you a spirit of fear, but he gives us power, love, and self discipline. That spirit of fear, that reticence that holds us back from reaching out needs to be opposed. We need to push through that because that is not from God. That is from the other side. The enemy does not want you to share your faith for obvious reasons. It's, an, it's, it's a containment deal. Okay, flip, flip, flip. Bother, bother, bother. Michelle's become a follower of Jesus. Okay, containment, containment, containment. Jesus wants us to be a, a, a channel of his, of his love. Bearers of his truth. Followers not just of him, but carriers of his light. The enemy would just have us in isolation, like one of these poor people in there with the Ebola virus hidden away in a plastic, until that day we die, God forbid. That's the enemy's strategy, to besiege us with fear and reticence and apprehension and fear of rejection, fear of man, fear. that's the deal. But God has not given us that spirit of fear or timidity. God has given us power, love and self-discipline. And so what I wanna do now is I just wanna draw on a talk I was going to show you another video clip, but we we do not have the time. But this little little talk, which was part of last year's talk, was called 3D Living. And I want to just reiterate to you three practical things that you can do that will help you share your faith. And everyone can do this. 3D Living. The first of the 3D Living elements is this. Develop friendships. You know... uh, we're all busy we all live busy lives Um, and and people who are very uh, you know devoted to Christ get busier still and we get busy with church and believe me Fliss and I and the team we're busy with church you're all busy but we still make an effort to develop friendships I'm not gonna bore you this morning with all the stories about my regalia, with stories about the car club and all the rest of it, that's an ongoing thing and I will tell you stories from time to time. But this summer, for example, we went to a gig. Who knows what a gig is? <laughs> right, went to a gig. And it was my daughter's folk rock band, my youngest daughter, Sophie, it's, it's a wonderful band actually. In fact, in um, November, middle of November, we're gonna have a comedy night. A professional comedian is coming here. He writes, he's one of Miranda Hart's writers. Who knows Miranda, okay? He's one of her writers. He's a professional, it's costing a fortune. He's coming and he's gonna do a comedy night here, but it's gonna be out there in the HM. It's gonna be absolutely fabulous. We're gonna try and raise a little bit of money for our growing family campaign, but, but Junkyard, this folk rock band that my, my daughter leads is gonna be providing the music. And it's a wonderful band, it really is. And uh, you know they're they're just such fun people. But the oldest guy, Billy, he plays keyboard or bass, whatever's needed. Billy's for this of my age. He's an old geezer. <laughs> I'm not an old geezer, but I don't think Billy would mind me saying he's an old geezer. He's an old geezer. Well, we just hit it off with Billy, and his wife Catherine. They are absolutely lovely. And um, we just hit it off with them, and so this summer we made an effort to make, to, to, break, to make new friends. In fact, I've invited Catherine along to the GLS, she runs a kind of a recruitment training and equipping agency, and so we've kind of tried to comp her a couple of tickets to encourage her to come, she's still making up her mind, but we're, we're reaching out there, we're trying to develop new areas of friendship and influence. Why? Because they're lovely people. But, of course, at the same time, Fliss and I are praying, Lord, let us be true to you, because we are Christians. We're not going to pretend we're not Christians. Let us be true to ourselves, because, you know, Fliss is a pretty fun person, really. You know, and we, we, wanna, we want them to enjoy the experience. So we, we've had picnics with Billy and Catherine, and they've invited us up their home, and, and, and it's, it's lovely. Folks, never get too busy to develop new friendships. 3D living, first step. Develop Friendships, develop friendships. The next step, I think Dennis preached on this. I'm not sure when we did it, is to discover stories. I I, I will tell you one car story because this is just such a great story. This, you know, this summer I told you I I was up at a great big car show up in Harrogate, camping up there in the middle of that hurricane and stuff like that. And one evening I'm sat down by the fire pit with this huge, great big bloke who's a little intimidating, and we just start chatting. And I did what D- Dennis taught me to do. I asked him a question, you know, where are you from? You know, what's, tell me a bit about yourself, whatever. And I just kept saying, really? <laughs> really? It's brilliant, it's genius. Where did you get that from? <laughs> really? That's all you've got to do. You may say, I'm not much of a conversationalist. I don't I hate small talk. Yeah, I know wah 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 wah. Just remember one word. Really? <laughs> We talked for about an hour and a half, and finally we got to the point where he said he went fishing in, because he was, was a big fisherman guy, he goes fishing in a place in India called Dehradun. I know Dehradun. I've been to Dehradun. And suddenly there was an immediate connection. And Suddenly it was, why do you go to Dehradun, Chris? And that came about because I remembered what Dennis taught me, a practical step about making conversation. Get them to tell you their stories. Everyone has a story. It is fascinating. You would be amazed at what people get up to. And if you show an interest in them, they'll start showing an interest in you. So one, two, three, what's the word you have to say? Really? (laughs) Upward inflection. Really? (laughs) Practice it. Practice it in front of the mirror when you get home. Really? 3D living. Develop friendships. I'm just seeing, I'm very distracted, not distracted. I'm just going to embarrass Mark and Amy Bevis. Just stand up a second, you two. Oh my gosh, I am embarrassing them now. Sit down, enough, enough, enough. Mark and Amy... They've been our friends since the beginning of the church. They've been in the church 25 years. Mark is the chairman of our, di- our directors. They've overseen groups. They've led groups. They've done all sorts of things. But one of the things that's always challenged me about them is that even though they are totally committed, totally devoted followers of Jesus, totally committed to this place and all that this place stands for, they have always worked hard at developing friendships outside of this church. I you know, respect there's the tennis club, there's the running club, you know, there's all these things that they get into. This wide circle of friends. Mark and I, have, we've had the privilege of being prayer partners for many, many years, and, and Mark has often told me, can we pray for this thus and so? Pray for my unsaved brother, pray for the family, pray for this. It, it's about developing friendships, discovering stories, and then the last thing, Pray, 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 pray that you will discern the next step. You see, that keeps us intentional about our faith because, you know, to my shame for many years, there were people who I knew as friends, but I had no vision for them ever coming to Christ. I'd kind of given up on them. So I I had this kind of bubble of relationship but they were confined in that, it's not enough simply to develop friendships and discover stories there has to be an intentionality in this, God forbid that that dear friend that you've played golf with for the last 25 years on the judgement day as he's being swept off into into hellfire says why didn't you tell me bro I thought you were my friend bro do something well do something now do something now before there is no time to do anything. And it's about discerning the next steps. Now sometimes those can be obvious. And let me challenge every single one of us here. Not one of you, one of us here. Maybe with the alpha coming up in two or three weeks time, you can say to a friend of yours, you know, take a deep breath, say, oh God, oh God, oh God. But then say, how about doing alpha? Hey, hey bro, I'll come with you. You know, the team understands that. It's not about sending them. You know, Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see, basically implying, come with me and I meet this guy, make, it up for your, make up your own mind about him. Right. Okay, how's that? How's that sound? Nathaniel went with him, ended up a key disciple. So it may be, the next step may be obvious. You, you may be able to say to a friend of yours, well, we got this alpha thing. I don't know whether that's something that you got a free meal. And then there's kind of a little bit of a talk and then there's opportunity just to chat. And you can ask any question like this, no such thing as a bad question. Hey, hey, I'll come with you. Let's do it. That might be the next step. Sometimes the next step can be a little strange. I, sh- I wasn't sure whether to share this story and finish with this story because it is a bit of an odd one, but I will. It happened a very long time ago, but it works. I will share it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do something a little bit strange and counterintuitive. When Fliss and I, right at the beginning of our ministry, moved into inner city Leeds, having lived in this gorgeous place right in the middle of the country and everything, that raised a lot of eyebrows. And we made every opportunity we could to tell our friends why we were doing it, and we lost friends by droves. We have lost friends over the years because of our faith. Some just don't want it. Thanks, Chris, but no thanks. Others say thanks Chris but no thanks and then come back a few years later and say can you help me Chris or And they come to faith. Jesus said "You know, if, if you have lost family or friends because of your faith do not worry you will have many more a hundred times over in this life and the next. We have found a family here which is far bigger than our family could ever have been but it has been costly at times. So we moved into the inner city and we lost a lot of friends. All my lovely sort of you know business friends they 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 just didn't want that at all but there was this one couple who kept turning up and they were difficult because she had been a christian she'd been really committed she'd been in the music group when she was 16 and then something happened which she wouldn't tell us which is frustrating because we couldn't kind of address the issue but she she was just as angry as heck and she would just keep turning up in our home and then kind of you know she would just sort of be awkward and difficult and tell us we were all space cadets. But she, so I wanted to say, well okay, you don't like us, go away, you know, leave us alone. She kept showing up, you know. Anyway, one time I said this to her, I just felt, oh, I, I was so exasperated. And they, were, they, they would invite themselves and they would say, we're in Leeds, we're going to do some shopping, thought we'd pop out, maybe have some t- cup of tea and b- biscuit or something, oh no, again, you okay, fine, you're coming around, wonderful. <laughs> So I said, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I don't know if I can hack another one of Steph's outraged you know, tirades. It was like that, honestly. And when, when she came over, we started talking very quickly about faith. And then she asked me a kind of, kind of interesting question. It was, along like, it was something along the lines of, so okay, I, I get it. You're here because of, you know, because of you know, religion. But, you know, uh, you know, and you know what I think about religion. But, but you know, why? Why you? You are a successful business. Why you? Why you? And I felt like God said in that moment, this was the riskiest question. Tell her she wouldn't be interested. Oh. I mean, heck, she's just yeah, all this uh, now. Nah. Just when she asked a question that is actually a good question, I felt like the Lord said to me, "Tell her she wouldn't be interested." So I said, you wouldn't be interested. And she said, you're right, I wouldn't be. Well, we got a phone call the next day. She was absolutely livid. She said, what do you mean I wouldn't be interested? (laughs) What do you mean? How dare you? I'm coming over there. I'm bringing Mark with me. Poor Mark was one of these kind of little husbands. (laughs) You know? Poor Mark trailed along. She came over. She was absolutely livid. What do you mean, I wouldn't be interested? So for the umpteenth time, and I felt like we were saying stuff we'd said before, it came over in the evening and we basically told her a little story, our testimony wasn't very big at that, it wasn't a lot to say. Anyway, they left, they left about two in the morning, we could not get rid of them. <laughs> and anyway, uh, about 4.30 in the morning, we get a phone call. I mean, this wasn't the day of mobiles, this was landlines, you know. Carrier pigeons, it was that long ago, you know. (laughs) 4.30 in the morning. I can hear the phone ringing, I think it's my dream. And I think, no, that's the phone, you know. I stagger down to the kitchen, pick up the phone, I say, hello? And it's Steph. And she said, can we come over and see you? And I said, Steph, it's 4... No, you can't. She said... We've been sat in the car on on, on the Harewood Bypass for the last two hours. And I said, what, you broken down? She said, no, we were driving along and suddenly God showed up in the car. (laughs) And I kind of go, what? And she said, we were driving along and suddenly Mark says to me, can you feel, sorry folks, feel that? And she said, I could feel that God was on the back seat. So I said, listen, Steph, I'm sorry, it's really late. The kid's being the sterner. Let's come over for a coffee tomorrow morning. So I go back to bed. Fliss is in bed. And this is, there's not much more to say in the story, really. Fliss is in bed, and I said to Fliss, this is all true, isn't it, darling? I said to, she said to me, well, who was that? And I said, that was Steph. She said that they were driving home, and God showed up in the car. So we've, she sounds really shaken, and so I think God's doing something, but we're going over there for a coffee tomorrow at 10. So we went over for a coffee at 10. And as we pull up, the door opens, and there's Mark and Steph standing there with little smiles on their face. And we come in, and they serve us coffee and rich tea biscuits. Yeah, and, um, no, I didn't do that. And they tell this story, and that's simply it. They were in the car, And the presence of God that we feel or experience or enjoy together in our meetings suddenly was in the car with them. It wasn't an intellectual, it wasn't anything like that. God just showed up and they said, what do we do next? To serve the next step. At this point I said, well you need to give your life to Christ. And so we prayed through the prayer. They were filled with joy and hope. The Holy Spirit came upon them. They ended up leading worship in the local Eden Pentecostal church. And this was a couple who were so angry with us. Would not go away. Were so in our face. Develop friendships. Discover stories. Discern. That calls for a bit of prayer and listening to God. Next steps. And as you do that. Wonderful things begin to happen. Because Jesus is at work in his world reaching out to people even as we sit here and all he wants us to do is to work with him in the family business amen amen let's all stand let's have the band back up please thank you let me pray Father God, we want to say thank you to you for your presence. Lord, every single one of us here has a story. Maybe we had the benefit of growing up in a a Christian family. Many of us these days did not have that. Many of us were into dark things. Some of us were into very, very dark things. Many of us were into self-destructive things. Many of us had had our self-image, chewed up and spat out by the society in which we live in, negative things and yet we come to you and you take all comers and you wash us clean, you're not ashamed, you're not repulsed you wash away our sin you build us up, you strengthen us, you put your spirit within us and then you say follow me So thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord.